Number one, she refuses to respect your boundaries, your personal space. She is quite often emotionally, intellectually, verbally, and can be physically abusive. Number two, she loves for you to be in any type of pain. Number three, she keeps you from your family and friends. She, number four, she talks about herself nonstop. Number five, she plays the victim at every opportunity. Number six, she blame shifts. Number seven, she can't take any type of criticism, even if it's loving and constructive. Number eight, she has absolutely no regard for your feelings and lacks empathy for anything in your life. Number nine, she swings between loving you and hating you so she can control you. Number 10, she's incredibly materialistic, both financially and possession-wise. Number 11, she thinks she is envied by both women and men. And finally, number 12, she withholds sex to control and punish you. Now let's get into each one of these a little bit more specific. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Specifically, some of the ways she does all of this. When it comes to number one, respecting boundaries, she expects preferential treatment. She has access to you and any of your things at any time, and you have no access to hers. She has no regard for your personal space, but demands that you have it for hers. She enjoys embarrassing you and then blames you for your behavior. And, you know, I've done other videos on gaslighting techniques. Um, that's verbal abuse. Um, there's a huge rise in female abusive women. And this means not even just narcissists. But it is vastly underreported by men because it's so shame-based. I have my own experience of marrying a narcissist who is both physically and verbally abusive. And I will never forget when I called the cops on her and the police showed up and I'm the one who placed the call. I'm the one who reported the abuse. And both of the police officers never talked to me. They went right to her. So there is a huge bias in society that's overprotecting abusive women. I, I'm not here to let men off the hook for their abuse, but society has switched too far in the other direction. There are an overwhelming amount of verbally abusive women on this planet. It has become commonplace and okay for women to denigrate and belittle men. Just look at, the, look at all movies, all sitcoms, and all commercials. 40 years ago, men belittled women in all of those. Think of Archie Bunker. Well, now look at every show out there. The man is an idiot. He's stupid. And the woman shames him and blames him and belittles him. And this is the new societal norm. Instead of, help, you know, we helped men become less abusive. But unfortunately, we trained women to become abusive to men. And we're not dealing with that topic. And so there are a lot of physically and verbally abusive women out there. And it is societally acceptable. Look at every TV commercial. The man is the idiot and buffoon. The woman is the expert. 
So that we are breeding narcissism and physically and, and verbally abusive women with this new dynamic. It is destructive to all of us. It should be called out on both sides, not just one. And it's now reaching to levels where it's becoming equal, where both men and women are equally abusive. And I believe that needs to be addressed and talked about openly and honestly. We've gone too far in the direction of protecting women uh, to the point where now it's okay for them to be abusive. I know that's controversial, but look at it. It's true. And I'm all about truth and responsibility. Both men and women need to be responsible for these behaviors. Number two, she loves for you to be in pain. This happens by belittling your accomplishments or even taking credit for them. She puts you down at every opportunity. She always seeks to make you inferior. Um, and this is a good one. She'll smile and laugh at your pain. I remember that. That was my first wife. She just loved it. Enjoyed every minute of it. Number three, she keeps you from your family and friends. This is how she sets up double binds. There's always a choice. Like that's what my ex did. It, it wasn't, it was so manipulative and I was so uneducated and so underdeveloped as a man um, that it was easy to do to me. And I'm responsible. I want you to hear this. When I talk about my ex-wife, I'm responsible. It's because of my lack of education around relationships, my own childhood trauma, that I picked a woman like this. I do, I, it is every person's responsibility for who, to take ownership of who they pick. We are not always the victim. We choose these people. We play an equal part. And if we are not willing to live in that truth and that responsibility, we will be stuck in a purgatory of pain. So whenever I talk about you know, the narcissistic women in my life, that tells you about me, too, and my lack of development and what I, how I needed to grow. So, um, but mine would set up a double bind where she'd go, well, I don't know, you know, if you do that, we might not be able to stay together. Do you see how manipulative that is? It's not telling me I shouldn't do it, but it's laying the threat that she'll leave unless I choose it. Now, had I been more developed, I would have gone, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I wouldn't have tolerated that type of double bind manipulation. All right. So the other way she keeps you from your family and friends is she belittles them, disparages them, and convinces you that you don't need them or that they are bad for you. Number four, she talks about herself nonstop. Man, have I seen this in the dating world? I go on dates and just sit there and they just go off. And if you try and say, oh, they just talk right over you. They just have no, I've had conversations for three hours where a woman didn't even ask me a single question. It's what they used to complain about men, you know, that men would just talk nonstop. Well, we've trained women to do that. So um, every topic needs to be about her and come back to her. Um, she is grandiose in her achievements and her abilities. She demands that you see her as above everyone else and as more valuable. Number five, she plays the victim. Um, in every situation, her struggles are always bigger than anyone else's, even yours. She doesn't even want to hear about yours. She uses your problems against you as though you're victimizing her with your pain and your frustrations. Um, she then uses those against you in that blame shifting that now you've made her life worse. She's now more victimized by having to listen to you and your problems. 
And then that sends her into the blame shifting. Um, she never takes responsibility for anything in her life. Everyone else is always the problem. She has an excuse for everything, will not admit mistakes. All mistakes are justified and blamed for others. Again, just watch podcasts. It is incredibly rare to watch a woman take ownership. They always spin out of it. It's like watching politicians debate. And please, I'm not here to disparage women, but we're creating a dynamic in women that's very toxic. And this is one of the, it's the biggest reason I'm single. Because I think you can tell by my channel, I'm always taking ownership of how imperfect I am. To find a woman that can do that is almost impossible. Almost immediately, they're defensive, they blame shift, they shift the topic, that getting a woman to take responsibility, and, and I'm serious, just go watch podcasts and you'll see it. It is rampant. It is the incredibly rare woman that takes responsibility for a part in her life, um, especially when it comes to relationships. The other aspect of constructive criticism is she quickly defends and overreacts and dumps her shame into you and projects her faults onto you as your faults. Now, number eight, she has no regard for your feelings, no empathy or interest if you're sick or hurt. She turns it into how she's burdened by your illness or hurts. Um, and then she becomes physically, emotionally, and intellectually distant to your needs and desires. Any request you make is met with dismissiveness, derision, anger, and how you, and then you be, they, she guilts you for wanting anything from you, from her. Number nine, she swings between loving you and hating you. Uh, she addicts you initially, intellectually, emotionally, and primarily sexually uh, to trap you and then pulls the rug right out from under your, underneath your feet. Once you're hooked, she pulls it out. Um, if she ever feels you slipping away, she turns it back on, but it's always this push-pull dynamic, and it's primarily using her body, her looks, um, her sexuality um, to keep you in that love-hate dynamic. Number 10, she's materialistic. I'm telling you, like, you see it all over dating profiles. Women just blatantly say, you know, you need to buy me something to take me on a date. Like, you got to spend money on me. It's all about materialism. They have no respect for a man. Um, they demand um, all of these perks. And if you, you know, ask for any type of mutuality, it's like, no, you got to prove yourself to me. You, what are you buying me? What are you paying? You can pay my bills, but I also need to be free and no responsibility. No, I don't have to take care. I got to be out with my girls and I got to work and I have all these responsibilities. And if I have anything left over, I'll give a little bit to you, but you better be paying my bills. And you better be buying me stuff and taking me out all the time. It's, uh, again, this is being common, becoming common in non-narcissistic women. It's just the new cultural message. The demands that women, the unrealistic and um, immature demands women are placing on men. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So um, 
she's whether directly or indirectly, she sees a man as a sugar daddy. It's all about the money and gifts. When the money dries up, her interest dries up, and she moves on. There's no, you're, you're, a, you're just a piggy bank. Um, in most cases, you won't even get a chance with her. And like, that's the first thing out of her mouth is, um, I need a man who provides. You know, as she goes off and does whatever she wants, doesn't invest in the relationship, it's all about providing. You know, so she uses the characteristics of traditional relationships of a man providing, but doesn't recognize there's, you know, equal, there, there are different roles men and women play. So she wants to drop the part where she played and takes the entitlement role, but demands, you know, will shame men for being patriarchal and misogynistic, but then demand they provide like a patriarchal misogynist man. So it, the, again, the double bind and the duality through all of this is consistent. Um, she needs the external validation that comes from the materialistic gifts and things because she has no internal value. Um, and your value to her is based on what you can provide financially and materially. Number 11, she thinks she's envied. She can't keep friends because of this. Because she belittles them. The only friends she can have are foot soldiers. You know, basically people she abuses. Um, and so she's constantly complaining how she can't have any friends. Well, that's because of her own behavior, but she can't hear constructive criticism because everyone else is, the fault, as it is at fault. So in her communication, she's always expressing how superior she is and superior to both men and women. And that's why she can't sustain relationships and has that sense of envy. Finally, number 12. This is, oh, this is a common dynamic for women in general. They withhold sex to control and punish. This is a woman's greatest weapon in any relationship and women use this very well. Um, but with a narcissistic woman, she's, she draws you in with her looks, her body, and her sexuality to entice you and control you. For her, sex is a commodity. It must be paid for financially, emotionally, and intellectually at your expense and your detriment. It is a privilege, not a right. It can be turned on and off at a whim for any reason, whether valid or invalid. Um, it is used like a yo-yo to keep you hooked or it's completely withheld. Now, in my experience with two narcissists, um, in the first one, we, look, I'll just be frank, in 12 years, we had 10 instances of intimacy. Or, wait, 10 years, 12 instances of intimacy. An instance of intimacy would be any kind words, any physical touch, like a hug or holding hands or anything like that, or any type of a sexual act. 12. The last instance of intimacy was two and a half years before the divorce, we're getting ready to go to dinner. I was standing by the front door of this mirror, and she said, your butt looks good in those jeans. That was the last moment of intimacy in our relationship. Yet the whole time, she kept saying, well, you know, there's this problem, this problem, this problem. That's why we can't be sexual. So here's, they, you know, here is, many times they're hypersexual, but they can be so, uh, sexual anorexics. And so you're, they're constantly setting a bar. Well, if you become this as a person or do this, or if you hadn't have done that, we could be sexual. So you are always to blame for why there isn't any 
um, sex in the relationship. That's what happened in my first marriage. Is And again, that's a reflection of me um, and my lack of development as to why I pick someone like that. And it's very simple. I woke up at 10 years old, found my mom passed out naked on the toilet. Boom. That's what's called covert sexual abuse. I repeatedly would walk in from school, find my mom naked on the floor, passed out. Covert sexual abuse. Um, my mom... Um, leered at me. My mom thought I was very attractive, but it was sexualized in the way she would compliment me. Like, it made my skin crawl. Um, my parents' bedroom was right next to mine. They'd wake me up on Saturday mornings by the sound of the bed, and then I'd walk out, and my mom would be in a nightgown and staggering drunk, could barely walk. And so I had all of these covert sexual abuse issues in my childhood. Well, I hadn't worked that out. Of course I'd pick a woman who wasn't capable of sex so I could play the victim and blame her. Like, I'm not condoning her trauma history, which made, it, made her a narcissist and um, made her incapable of sexual intimacy. But we pick these people. And unless you do the deep healing trauma work and investigation in your childhood, and you play the victim and blame them, then you're, you're, you're living a lost life. You're not in truth, you're not in reality, and you're not taking personal accountability and responsibility. The part I played was I didn't know how much childhood trauma affected all of our choices and who we become and who we pick. But thank God I love that woman because, because that relationship was so abusive. I went and became an expert and did the healing work. And so now I can take ownership of my side. And that I played, I, once you learn how the brain and body works and the science of attraction and relationships, you recognize, wow, we don't end up with this person unless our childhood created the attraction. And so she's not responsible for that. So now the other side of it, after that one, I picked the hypersexual one, um, of course. Got to live in extremes, Kenny. That's just, you know, my childhood was filled with extremes, so of course I had to do it. And she was the exact opposite. Um, anything and everything was on the table, and it was um, pure chaos in that department. Um, but it was also uh, manipulatively used. And once we moved in together, we used to talk about it for years. Like, I'll never forget. I saw the change in her. And I remember that night, we spent hours, I was like, what just happened? She's like, I know. And for years, we'd talk about it. There was this withdrawal. And she could never, well, she came back right before we separated. She got really scared with something in her life. And that look and magic that drew me in in the beginning popped out. And it was right in the moment. I'm like, oh, my God, there it is. Where's it been? And it was just that one night, it was gone forever, and just after that we separated and then eventually divorced. So that's a couple of ways that they use it. And there are your 12 common things to look for. I urge you, if you're in this situation, and especially men, I know it's incredibly shaming to admit that you're with an abusive woman. I know that society and the police and the judicial system is slanted against us. Um, I'm not, and I don't want to hear any comments about men. We've done a great job of holding men accountable, but it's time we hold women accountable too. Both sides, 
can be abusive. Both sides are perfectly imperfect. And so, men, if you're listening to this, don't let them do this. File a report. Stand up for yourself. Videotape their actions. Take care of yourself. Fight for you. Nobody deserves to be hit. Nobody deserves to be verbally abused, intellectually abused, emotionally abused, and manipulated in all of these ways. It does not make you less of a man. Being vulnerable, speaking truth, and taking responsibility is the definition of a man. Live in truth. Seek out for, and get help. And confront this person and report them. And take responsibility for the part you played in picking someone like this. Do the healing work and get your life back. You deserve it. We all deserve it.